When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CHGO White Sox podcast can be live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by our guy, Stephen Nicholas, um, who might not be our guy anymore because this is one of the last off day shows, I think, of the year. For, for us, of, of the 2023 season. It's the last one. Yeah. We'll be moving to... Although, it might rain tomorrow night, but we'll see. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move to forever off days, a.k.a. the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steven will be so busy producing Blackhawks games, which happen at night, and yeah. we're going to be having a, a more earlier slot. This year. Yeah, you guys completely split the two different schedules for me. 10.30, Sean. Is that happy singing for oh, the early shifts? So that's, that's, here come the Hawks, Steven. Oh. As a big hockey Blind. guy, you yeah, should know that. As a big hockey yeah. yeah. Every time Conor Bedard scores a goal, they're going to play that song. No. no. They're going to play the Chelsea Dagger garbage, aren't yeah, they? Probably. Oh, first of all, that's a great song. Oh, is it? <laughs> Maybe back when it was started, but now it's overplayed, and it's like Return of the Mac type of uh, mm. terribleness. You ask 14-year-old Sean, it's the greatest song that was ever invented. That album is phenomenal. I've heard one song. Album. Oh, go listen to the whole thing. <laughs> so good. An endorsement for the Fratellis. Yeah. The I Fratelli. have it on red vinyl. Who's better, the actual Fratellis or that group, the Fratellis? From the what? Goonies. Oh, I don't know. Okay. You've never seen the Goonies? Jury, jury's out. You never said he's never out. seen the Goonies. Have you seen the Goonies? No. Okay. Never I've seen never the seen the Goonies? You didn't know how. Here come the Hawks, Steven. I That's your job. <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> the Goonies. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen the Goonies either, so it's fine. Really? Um, yeah, no, no. I just said that. Um, I mean, I know that they they go into a cave. I know there's a truffle shuffle. There yeah. is. Yeah. And I know there's that guy. Yeah. When I will. Hey, you guys. Oh, you're talking about a chunk. Chunk. Yeah. I would, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, and what's up, Jim? Shout out to Jim, our sales guy <laughs> for hanging out with us in the chat. If you are hanging out, we got five likes. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to be talking a little bit about the playoff picture that the White Sox aren't a part of. You guys are shocked. Uh, <laughs> give me your best shot. They're faces. not. They're not in the picture, much like... The near climax of Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah. Good, uh, nice one. Yeah. Good one. See, I, know, Good I can do an 80s movie. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the playoff picture. We'll talk about Luis Robert Jr. and if the White Sox failed him. Uh, those were my words. I don't know if that will be too strong. We'll talk about it. And then we got some uh, Discord questions, too. Um, but first, something that I didn't know was happening. I don't know if you guys are have to know what's happening. I'm going to probably inform you guys. Uh, the Guardians are hanging out, handing out uh, uh, 20,000 Thank You Tito shirts uh, for the game on Wednesday night, September 27th, uh, because it is likely about uh, going to be uh, Tito Francona's last game uh, managing the Guardians. So, I mean, we really didn't expect Tony La Russa to step down. That was kind of more sudden and for medical reasons. But uh, another managing giant leaving the AL Central uh, – Seemingly, there's been no announcement, but seemingly 
the scooter riding Terry Francona will be stepping down. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. Uh, the Guardians, I know, will still kick ass, even without Tito Francona. I don't know if that's true. I mean, the year that uh, Tito did sit out the whole year, I believe that was Sandy Alomar Jr. stepping in his stead, and I don't think they did as well as Tito does when he is just the all altogether manager. But that guy is going to go to the Hall of Fame as soon as they allow him to get in the Hall of Fame, winning the World Series in Boston, and then you know coming so close with the Cleveland Guardians, uh, you know losing to the Cubs in that Game Seven. He is a Hall of Fame manager. I'm glad he's going to be not being the manager of the Guardians anymore because he gives us fits. And I'm glad they instituted the three batter minimum because he used to change a pitcher every goddamn batter. And former White Sox great Brian Shaw was part of that. So. Former White Sox great? I mean, current White Sox great. Thank you. Soon will be former White Sox great, hopefully. Um, So I will, you know, salute that man because I don't think I've had a a crossword except for his multiple pitching changes. His managerial career speaks for itself, and I think it's a testament to him and his dad and all the stuff that he's gone through. He was the one who managed Michael Jordan, got him to a two twenty two average. So, yeah, I'm going to be sad that he's gone, but also celebrating that they're going to have – a lesser team next year because that man is kind of a baseball genius. Great manager. One of the best. I mean, I think you said it all there, Herb. I think the, from from the standpoint of my job, mm-hmm. kind of a personality too, you know, a guy oh, yeah. who will give you a good answer in a press conference, uh, willing to kind of uh, go back and forth, be kind of a, a guy that's lit up a little bit as opposed to, again, nothing to do with the success in the job necessarily, but you look at some some of the folks across the league, even maybe the guy that we've got in Chicago right now, and it's his first year, I can understand why uh, uh, Pedro Grafol might not be the most laid back in terms of his managerial style, but uh, Tito Francona always kind of came across as that kind of guy, at least during his tenure in Cleveland, uh, and so uh, that was always appreciated for someone in my job who has to talk to these guys and you know, try to get them to say fun things. So, uh, you know, obviously we'll be missed in the game because he's a fun personality to have around. Um, but I'm sure White Sox fans won't miss uh, seeing him outmanage uh, their their side on a regular basis because he outmanaged manages just about everybody. And I hate to break it to you, Herb. I'm pretty sure uh, this is from Wikipedia. Francona announced that he would step aside from the team for the rest of the year in 2021, citing health issues. He had dealt with gastrointestinal issues in the 2020 season that led to managing just 14 games. Uh, Alomar, oh, I guess that's for Alomar's 2020 season then. Okay. Yeah. Because um, Alomar then in the 2020 season went 28 and 18, which is not bad. Um, I don't know. I mean, that organization seems to just be cogs and the machine. I don't know. I mean, if, if Cleveland's in second place again next year, are you shocked? I mean, I know Tito's huge and and a great presence, and too, he's in his like 40th year managing. So I mean, he's got just he's seen it all. You know, I mean, Pedro Grafal, he's he's putting out fires left and right. Tito Francona, he probably you know something happens in the locker room, he's like whatever. You know, th- tomorrow's another day. I think what I think is managing in baseball, not necessarily the strategic in-game stuff, which Tito does have a, a slight advantage over most managers, but he can relate to players. He was a player himself. His dad was a player, and so he can tell the players what he expects from them, and I'm 100% sure that the Guardians used the motivation of the White Sox being the prohibitive favorites of the AL Central in 2022 to fuel that team, and you heard it in the championship when they uh, clinched the championship, all their thoughts were to the White Sox specifically. And so maybe Tito used that to fuel the guys to get the best effort out of them. And that's what you need. You need them to play their best when they're on the field in Cleveland in that year where had the the, uh, youngest roster in major league baseball 
came out of nowhere and they won the AL Central deservingly. And so I think Tito Francona deserves some credit for that. And I know they haven't won a championship in Cleveland in so long, but it wasn't from lack of trying on Tito's part. Well, and hey, it'll be just interesting to see who's in that chair next, right? Because I mean, a different a different era, perhaps, as in when it comes to one of the White Sox main rivals in the AL Central. Who knows? Maybe Sandy Alomar Jr., former White Sox himself, uh, gets that long-awaited crack <laughs> at a, at a permanent managing job. We'll see what happens and how they want to do things over there in Cleveland. But um, a new person in the dugout means kind of a new era and maybe a, a slightly new direction, even if it is somebody who's been right next to Terry Francona this uh, for this whole time. We'll see how it goes, and it could, it could, even if very slightly, change the landscape in the division. And it's interesting always just to see the changing of the guard, too, because I mean, we saw the White Sox with um, you know, hiring Pedro Grafal and the, the situation with Tony, uh, what they were looking for in that whole process, and hearing Rick explain that, and then I guess the lack of a process with Chris Getz. Um, it, it was interesting to see how that happened, and um, you could even look you know, outside of Cleveland and go to uh, Detroit. Um, I know there's more of a connection there because they worked with the Cubs, but, I mean, Detroit goes and hires a guy from hockey (laughs) to be their general manager. So, hey, uh, I mean, that whole guy needs to learn a new sport. Uh, So it is just interesting to see all these processes play out within uh, the AL Central because, I mean, the the White Sox hired a a manager at the same time the Royals are, uh, the Royals did, and you see the way they're finishing the year. Mercy. I mean, beating the Astros. I think they're like – I think they've lost like two games since they started that that White Sox series where Mike Massey was hitting home runs left and right. Oh, wait, that was every series. Um, but, uh, you know, I think back to September 12th, I think they have like two losses. So, I mean, it's it's crazy just to see the way that, um, you know, these teams can – can change and, and, and take over the AL Central. Um, when we talk, I mean, we when we talk about this division, I mean, we talk about it obviously through a White Sox lens, and it's like, why our focus is why aren't the White Sox at the top of it? They disappointed this year. What are they going to do? What big changes are they going to make to get back to the top of the division? Remember though that none of these teams in this division, even the Twins, should really be comfortable or thrilled with their performance this year, mm-hmm. and so. You're going to see those changes continue to be made across the division. Obviously, last year, new brain trust with both a new uh, baseball ops guy and a new manager down in Kansas City. You mentioned Detroit, what they just did, uh, and now maybe a new manager in Cleveland. So, I mean, obviously, things are changing all over the place because none of these teams are really where they want to be. And uh, I, I, I don't think that, like, you're going to see maybe many changes in Minnesota because they are atop the division, but... I mean, you, would you be surprised if you did? Because, like, can you can you really say, like, oh, they've got the Twins are cooking with gas. They know exactly what they're doing up there. Like, they're benefiting from a bad division just the way people kind of talk about the how the White Sox should, I guess, aspire to benefit from a bad division. Uh, you know, you got changes going on all over the place, and part of the storyline as we continue to move forward this division is not just that all these teams are going to be anchored where they currently are. They're continuing to make changes to kind of pull themselves up. Minnesota, though, if you told them before the year, hey, Brian, Byron Buxton's probably going to play, like, I think he's had less than 300 plate appearances, and Carlos Correa, who you uh, signed, you know, I guess third time through, um, mm-hmm. he's also been injured and, and bad. He's been, like, I mean... They made two huge investments. They've been terrible, and they won the division in, like, easily August right. 15th. So, I, I don't know if that screams change, because Rocco Baudelli, I mean, he's... No, I'm not saying... No, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying there would be any. I guess my point just being that, like... Not setting the world on fire. Listen, we saw the a team win the World Series and fire their GM last year. You know, I mean, like, anything can happen in this sport. My point is, yeah, they're not setting the world on fire. You're not like, oh, that's... 
that's Theo Epstein running things up there. That's Andrew Friedman running things up there. They have a job forever because they just are making making gold on a regular basis. The Twins are meh. Yeah. They just happen to play in, in the AL Central. If they go ahead and do their usual thing where they don't win any games in the playoffs and are quickly ousted, I mean, they, sh- they should be and obviously are hoping for better too, right? And so all these changes are being made to improve these teams' station or in an attempt to improve these teams' station. I think the Twins probably want to improve their station as well. I'm not saying that they're going to make any changes like those, but if they did, they'd have reason. And also, you don't have to look that far for the White Sox when they changed managers when you had success. I know they didn't win the division, but they got in the playoffs in 2020, and they had to move on from Ricky Renteria. I wouldn't be surprised if they woe out three in a row like they usually do, a tradition unlike any other. That's my playoffs when the Twins just lose to the series. It's my favorite thing. Um, the it might be two. They don't need to lose three games this time. Oh, they, just need to be, they just need to lose oh, two. Oh, I forgot. Two, baby. And it's like, like, At home games. I think the world, <laughs> oh, I forgot they get home games against like the third wild card. Or, yeah. Oh, man. The last team in, yeah. Oh, man, that third wild card is like, baby. That number <laughs> one wild card is like, let's lose all the games. We got the Twins coming up, baby. Let's eat. Well, but, I, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't I would be shocked if after that series they're like, hey, Rocco, it's been real, man. Yeah, winning the AL Central, congratulations. Anybody could. But get out of here. We want to aspire to better. They haven't won a, a playoff game since, what, 2003? I don't know if that's Rocco Baldelli's fault. I know it's not, but just think of they just want the change of, hey, we're not satisfied with winning only the AL Central. We need to get back to winning series in the playoffs. Like White Sox fans would, if they would have went to the playoffs, good because of last year's year. But also, if we would have got dismissed in the first round of the playoffs... People would be mad. Exactly. They'd be like, mm, what are we doing here? Yeah. Although, and, getting to the playoffs looks pretty, oh pretty gosh, good, right. considering where the White Sox are at the moment. Again, like you said, uh, what, 11 playoff appearances in 123 seasons? Whew. I'd take a playoff appearance. What? As you should. Just say, uh, hello, how, how you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, and you mentioned teams losing on purpose to try to face Minnesota. Uh, maybe it's the Astros' plan. Uh, they're th- three out of their last nine, or uh, their last 12. They got three and nine. swept at home by the Royals. The, the Royals. Royals, who are 10-2 and two the in their Royals. last 12 games. Put them in the playoffs. They have six, ga- they have six <laughs> straight wins. Maybe they maybe they are the ones who get the Twins out of there right away. The White Sox, I mean, it, it took them, what, a month and a half to win a series, and the Royals did it and then did it again. I mean, when was the last time the White Sox won six straight games? Like, I'd love to be the Royals right the now. The Royals? 54 and 102. Theoretically could catch up to the White Sox. They might. Wait, how, Wait, really? They're only six games worse than the White Sox right now. So if they won out and the White Sox lost out, they'd have the same record. And the Royals would probably be the better team because they what, won the division. They're again. at 102? They, they won, won the, the series, series. season series. They're at 102? 102 losses. How about that? On <laughs> <laughs> fire royal. Hey, we might hit the number one overall pick. Um, all right, so let's go to the playoff picture here. Brought it up uh, with the Astros kind of tanking here. Um, we'll start with the AL side first. Astros are in sixth place, so they are the last wild card. They'd be taking on the AL Central winning. Uh, elephant in the room, Minnesota Twins. Uh, the fourth and fifth seed, both AL East teams. Uh, Tampa would host the Toronto Blue Jays in the one seed is the Baltimore Orioles, who win the AL East. Uh, They haven't clinched that just yet. Same with Texas, who right now is in second, but that could be Seattle. Seattle's not eliminated just yet, uh, but that's really the only team uh, that is is kind of figuring out uh, where this is all going to land. Like, will it be Toronto? Will it be uh, Houston? Uh, Tampa has locked up a spot, um, so you're really just figuring out 
those last wild card spots and the AL West winner. So um, Houston can either be the last wild card, they could be the division winner, or they could be playing golf uh, come October. Uh, so what do we make of the AL uh, playoff picture? Because, I mean, I don't think anyone thought that the Orioles would be the best team in the American League this year. I mean, certainly there was a lot of hype for them, but I, you're right. I don't think anybody was picking them to, to run away with this thing the way they have. I mean, obviously the Rays are right there with them, and, and they clinched the playoff spot, I think, on the same day. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Orioles are the team to beat. There's no doubt about it. They've been humming right along. Um, I don't think they've – have they? what's their thing with not being swept or not winning, a, not losing a series or something they've, like that? It was like over a year since they had lost a series or something. Yeah, and they've beaten – them and Tor- Tampa, Toronto have beaten every team this year. Oh, That's the that? first team – first time ever because it's the first year of having a balanced schedule. Right. Um, they've they've beaten series. They've beaten every single team this year. Maybe it's getting swept. Maybe they haven't. Been they haven't swept got swept in a long time. Or yeah, like yeah, because yeah, they've, they've like lost. They've lost series to Philadelphia and uh, the the Dodgers. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think there's any sweeps. They have here. not gotten swept. Yeah. Um, so they yeah, oh oh that. so but, they've lost four straight, but they weren't to the they weren't to the same teams. They lost two to St. Louis and then two to Tampa consecutively, but none of them were uh, gotcha. an actual sweep. Gotcha. Okay. But um, yeah, they're very good, well, and uh, they are the team to beat. There's no doubt about it. I I think the thing that's most surprising about the the way this is coming out of the end here. Boy, it looked like Texas was done, mm-hmm. and now they're sitting in the two seed all of a sudden. Uh, you know, because the Astros and Mariners are kind of both falling apart at the same time. Of course, Herb, as you've mentioned before, you know the Mariners this week get to play both those teams. It, it'd be a fun, fun week out in the West. I, I think I remember back to, boy, was it 2012 when the when the Rangers just crumbled completely down the stretch. What year was that? You think in Red Sox Rays? No, the Rangers led the division like the whole year, and then they, and then they just had like a horrible final end of the season, and they lost the division on the last day, and they missed they. I don't remember if it was just losing the division or missed the playoffs, but um, the last day of the season they blew it, and uh, yeah, so this is that was probably flashbacks of that kind of thing for folks down in the Metroplex, but um, but yeah, I mean the, the AL West is the the thing to watch in this final week uh, of 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 this regular season. Led the division for most of the season, had a 13-game lead on June 30th, but faltered down the stretch. They finished 93-69, and 69, one game behind the Oakland A's, mm. who swept them in the last game of the series oh. and wound up second just by a game. Uh, Oakland was 94-68, wow. and 68, yeah. and then Ooh, they the would division. lose in the yeah. wild card game to Baltimore. There you go. Um, and I think that was uh, Delman Young, right? I think, or uh, one of the one of the Youngs, I think, was just tearing up uh, Texas in that series for Baltimore. Um but you guys deserve a little pat on the back. Well, Jared and I did not pick Baltimore to be in the playoffs. You guys had them as the last wild card uh, in our playoff predictions. Wow. Um, well, so you guys <laughs> had them in, in the playoffs, so congratulations. I'm not bragging yet because I remember the team I picked to win the NL pennant. Who is that, Vinny? That would be the New York Metropolitans. Uh, Boy, that didn't happen, did I, it? I probably did the same. I also picked the White Sox to win the Central. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did Herb. Um, so don't pat yourself on the back, yeah. I guess. Damn it. Um, I, I picked the Twins. Uh, Jared picked the Guardians. Um, if it helps, I picked the Mets to win the World Series. Well, there you go. And if it helps, Herb had the Yankees and Padres in the World Series. All right. Baby. All right. <laughs> hey, in my defense, the Padres have had one of the most unlucky seasons in the history of baseball. They're still in it, right? 
they're what five five games, games back yeah. with six to play. It's going to be really hard. The Cubs are already at a level where it's going to be really hard for them to get the third wild card. But if they, they're, they're like, playing the White Sox, they're like plus ninety five and win for differential, zero and twelve in extra inning games. They've whatever has gone wrong, has to gone wrong has gone wrong with that team. And they've hit, they pitched. You can see they they got Blake Snell, the Cy Young. They have great hitters, but I wasn't wrong on my prediction. Just. Luck was on my side. So of the three of sure. us, I'm the only one whose World Series champion is still alive, and that could very well not be the case by the end of this week. Well, uh, Jared <laughs> made a pretty savvy pick. What is that? The Dodgers. Oh. So, yeah, uh, we can go to the NL side and chalk. see where they're at. Jared all out here with um, chalk. I mean, I picked the Stroves. We had Dodgers yeah. Guardians, so it's not super chalk. You, pay, you went off there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you had the Stroves and, and, and Mets, um, so you wanted to. Um Number one seed in the NL, the NL East winners, the Atlanta Braves. In second place, the NL West winning uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. In third place, the Brewers haven't locked up that division, but they have locked up a playoff spot. Um, It seems very close. I think they just need to win one more game to lock up the Central. Uh, Fourth place, the first wild card will be Philly, and they'll be hosting Arizona if the schedule and if the postseason started today. And then in sixth uh, and the final wild card spot, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, any predictions here? I know you were telling Cubs fans not to get their hopes up with uh, the Diamondbacks coming to town, uh, having to play the White Sox, because even though they got two six ERA starters, they're playing the White Sox. Yeah. While you have a weak Minnesota Twins winning a division, and that which, to me, waters down the AL, the NL is just strong as hell. Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball. I think like they have hitting just ridiculous. They have a guy who might win the MVP and Ronald Acuna is going 40 and 70 and Matt Olson's going to hit what? 50 plus home runs. He has, yeah. yeah. Like he might hit 60 if he get, gets mm-hmm. on a streak versus the Cubs this so, week. What, 51. Yeah. 53, 53. Like so. you got those guys still have Spencer Strider, all the people they have. And the weakest team is the Cubs who have had an awesome second half, and they're going against one of the best division winners lately. They've been, Milwaukee Brewers have been on an absolute tear as of late. So that, you know, I'm going to be very glued in because I actually would have some rooting interest because I don't really want to root for AL teams because the White Sox are in the AL. But that NL is going to be really exciting. Probably going to go for the Braves because they're just looking like a juggernaut. But uh, if the Cubs get get through those uh, Brewers, I think they can also play those uh, Dodgers pretty tough too and you know what there's a team in that NL bracket who probably nobody is even thinking of they were the NL pennant winner last year in the Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies Phillies. so I mean you're right there's not a weak link in that chain Uh, I use the the term uh, team to beat when talking about Baltimore in the American League the team to beat in this whole deal is the Atlanta Braves they have been outrageously good this year Um, but man a Braves Dodgers NLCS that's like that's it's like your miracle on ice type situation where you're the real championship is the semifinal and then whoever <laughs> goes to the World Series there you know that's that's kind of you're coming down off that high. Uh, you just brought up Acuna and Matt Olson. How about the duo that LA's got in Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman? Yeah, that probably right there is your top four NL MVP voting right there. Those four guys are just on a different planet this season uh, to have the kind of season that Mookie Betts is having and. Ronald Acuna might run away with the NL MVP. 
My goodness. My goodness. There's some good teams in the National League. Possibly be the first player since, I think, 1939 to hit 60 doubles and not even be a, a silver medal finisher uh, in the NL MVP vote. Must suck for Freddie Freeman. <laughs> what what can that guy do? Um, I guess drive in 100 runs. How do you hit 57 doubles, have 203 hits, and are on the Dodgers and have, have not driven in 100 RBIs? Because he bats second. Mookie's already driving himself <laughs> in. Yeah, he's hitting 40 homers. <laughs> he's driving himself <laughs> Insane. in. Insane. Um, who would you guys go for NL MVP? Is it Acuna just because no one's ever done that? It's Let's, a feat. I would go with Mookie Betts because of the versatility shown this year, playing second, playing short, playing the outfield at a high level, and then doing all the things he does with the bat at the top of that Dodgers lineup. But what Acuna did – that's ridiculous. That 70 stolens and 40 home runs just on a team that's just stacked like that. I remember people talking smack about him because he got hurt the year the Braves won the World Series. Like, oh, we don't need Mookie. I mean, we don't need Acuna. Calm that down. Calm that down. That man's having a phenomenal career. I mean, yeah, I think I think it has to be Acuna because of the stolen bases. 70 stolen? Are you kidding me? Who's at 68? He'll get, he's got six games. Right. Uh but my goodness, I mean, you can't go wrong if you're an NL MVP voter. You've got you've got four tremendous options. Uh, you know, you can put a blindfold on and throw a dart at the board and hit 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 a deserving candidate there. But wow, what Acuna has done this year, and and really just start to finish has been incredible. Uh, Alec, uh, with a good point here too. We haven't brought up the Marlins. Uh, they are currently on the outside looking in, but not by a lot. It's and uh, Jake Berger has been right in the thick of all the fun that they've been having the last few weeks. And the thing is, with the Marlins, they're only a game out. I don't know who they play, but the Cubs have a gauntlet. We just talked about the Braves. They're going to play them tomorrow in Atlanta. And then they got to go to Milwaukee, who we talked about also in Milwaukee. So the Cubs are no shoe-in. If they do get in the playoffs, they have earned it because they got to play some real teams down the stretch. Miami's playing New York. Mets. The nine I was Mets. just going to say New York. There's two New Yorks. Uh, New York and uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, so definitely easier. Ooh. The one thing, and I, I mean. You think the Fish are going to jump up and grab this from the from the Cubs there? No. With that record? Yeah. They're only a game back, and they have the tiebreaker, too. The Marlins, if you finish tied, the Marlins have won the so season the series. The Cubs and the D-backs are in the same. They have the same record right now. They're, the D-backs lost to the Yankees today. Yeah. They, the, the Cubs and the D-backs have the exact same record. They are tied, but they occupy the second and third wild card spots. The Marlins, uh, really the team that is jockeying with both of those teams to try to get in. Uh, you're right, Herb. It seems like the Padres probably don't have that great of a shot to uh, overtake <laughs> and, uh, all three of those teams. I think it would be hilarious if the Padres do do it. Sorry. To what say was that? Do, yeah. do, do. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, I think Arizona falls out. That, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, the, their run differential is, wow. is tough. Wow. They, you, they're playing the White Sox. You know this, right? I know. Okay, but not for if they're playing them for all six games. Sean's calling a White Sox There's sweep. This three week. wins. No, there. I'm not. I never said any of. At minimum, games. two wins there. Yeah, and then they got to play Houston though. Who's terrible? No, but Houston's actually playing for something. Yeah, they're they both. Like, they both are. Atlanta's not playing for right. Yeah, but Houston should be better. Um, but hey, you lose Who's to the, the Who the Brewers got this week? Because it, it would be wild if the NL Central was not wrapped up by the time the Cubs went up to Milwaukee this weekend. Cardinals. Oh, it's over. Cardinals and Brewers. <laughs> well, that and guess guess who all four of us picked to win the NL Central? Cardinals. Shout out Cody. Uh, <laughs> so the Cardinals did not do that. I mean, uh, would you? It's a great year the, for predictions. Would you bet against the Cardinals ever? And would you? No one would put money on them having this record that they have this year. 
You Unbelievable. Won a lot of money if you did. Unbelievable. And we didn't expect the White Sox to have this record. And especially if you told us, hey, Luis Roberts going to have 35 doubles and 35 homers, we definitely didn't think they'd be this bad. We'll talk about that after the break. Uh, let's let you know about our friends over at That's Ray. Job. Thank you so much. Uh, let's talk about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Are you on the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team and we were talking to the team at Ray when we uh, when they joined the CHGO team and they told us about the Ray Price Promise. Not Ray Not Price's to be confused promise. with the Ray Price promise. Right. Uh, it's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay <laughs> when you go into the dealership. They found that in many other cases with uh, dealers, they'll raise the price on you when you come into the dealership asking things, nonsensical things. Like, are you a recent college grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, the answer will always be no. No. And that's when the other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online includes included limited rebates that you do not qualify for. And at Ray, that's not the case. They won't do that to you. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. And in fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price lower than you see online. As one of the top selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at $21,495. And now through September 30th, only five days left. All buyers can qualify for 0% financing, make zero payments until 2024, plus put no money down, and best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com, serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. You remember FarmersOnly.com? I do. I think it's still kicking. Ray, Ray should be not only Farmers.com. Oh, right. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. You should see if that URL is available. <laughs> Ray Chevy, I think, is more, more than just farmers.com. I think it might be a little confusing when you're buying a car. Um, <laughs> I want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, hey, you can't, I don't think you can use Game Time on Thursday. You can't. For the White Sox. I mean, game. theoretically, you can when Could people you? buy the tickets. If yeah. they put them up, you're going to resell for $2? <laughs> well, I was just going to, I want, do you think that game's going to sell out? No. no. I just the went. for a dollar. I just went and looked at. They still have a bunch of tickets available for a dollar. Do you think there's going to be more than two thousand people in that stadium? Well, they're a dollar. The tickets are a dollar <laughs> and free parking too. <laughs> and free parking. I mean, I, if, they, you don't have to, if you don't have to, if you don't have to work or go to school on Thursday, which most people have in, to do, on and you Thursday. live in the city of Chicago, why wouldn't you go? If I wasn't going to a Saturday's game because it's the first the Padres, if they weren't in town, I would go on to Thursday's game. I still might. It's a dollar. I, I might go. I it's mean, a dollar. It's our parking. Game. Hey, what if... It's, it's too Steven. expensive. Way too expensive. Yeah, Steven says expensive way too expensive. They have to pay for you, Steven, to go? <laughs> yeah. I want a free ticket and a hot dog. Okay. Can okay. you not just pull a dollar out of your change or your, your car? Like, do you not have like... You can walk outside and just look down at the ground and probably find a dollar. It's a waste of a dollar. <laughs> What are you going to spend that dollar on, Steven? You're Steven. seeing the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Don't think about no, you're, you're seeing the White because Sox. Because I had to buy a pack of gum the other day, and it was a buck seventy-eight. Damn you, inflation. You've done it again. <laughs> okay. I don't think we're asking the serious question here. To We'll get to the game time read in a second. Sorry, game time. I don't think we're asking the most serious question yeah. yet. It's a dollar. Yeah. There won't be a ton One of people there. One dollar. Yeah. You're going to be there. Yeah. We'll, we can get in for a dollar. Yeah. Steven, can we do the show outside? Can we do the show at Guaranteed Ray Field? Still no. Vinny just has to walk down from the press box. We could do it in the, the, the you know, where no one is, which is just any part of the stadium. And Bleachers, we could just, yeah. Chat. I mean, we could chat. Think about it. Um, I'll let people know about game time. 
if you were ever stressed out about buying tickets, if you were trying to get to an Olivia Rodrigo show like Herb, maybe a Taylor Swift, well, uh, maybe uh, is that cake at the salt, salt shed? What was that first one? Is that a soccer player? Or Olivia yes. Rodrigo. Yeah. She plays soccer. Casey brought her up to me earlier, and I was I like, I've heard of the name, but I don't know that person. What does this person do? What, singer. Oh, okay. uh, they have concerts. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. You've you, probably heard their song somewhere in the zeitgeist, and it's been played, but you're like, who's would, this? Can either of you name a song from Olivia Rodrigo? Any Olivia Rodrigo song, No, 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 song, can you Casey? two? Can you two? F- no, you're just cheating now. You're just asking what someone else to tell you. What is it? Vampire. I wow. still don't know Amazing, who that is. Herb. Amazing knowledge from you. Mm. Um, if, Anyways, you're trying to go to, maybe you're going to a Ray Price concert. I miss I my boyfriend. You're not. He's dead. <laughs> I miss Shut my up. boyfriend. Is that a Olivia Rodrigo song? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it might be a lyric. Uh, but I gotta go to class today. Is she the one who did the song about it being Friday? No, that's, that's, a, that's Rebecca a different, somebody. Yeah. No, Rebecca yeah. Black, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Kind of seems like the same thing, right? Yeah, I think a sure. girl's like in her thirties now. <laughs> you know, Herb, I have I have an amazing fact for you. We all age. Yes, I used to be twelve. That was a long time ago. That's what I was saying. Like she was like a teenager when she sang that song. Now she's like a veteran. 35-year-old lady. She served in the bills. military? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca Black. Um, hey, I mean, Joey Votto just wrote about, uh, you know, being 19 on a bus and, and having to deal with gross uh, minor league uh, travel and, and uh, accompaniments or whatever. This is the weirdest game time read ever. Yeah, it They're is. They're going to love it. Only 26, <laughs> Rebecca Black. It. They said, talk about a time you had a frustrating ticket experience. And now I'm talking about Rebecca Black and Joey Votto being on a Greyhound bus. You shouldn't have to worry when you're trying to buy tickets. GameTime has the best price for you to get into whatever event it is. Sports, comedy, theater. Uh, I, I, don't, I was going to say movies. I don't think they do movies. Um, but with killer last-minute deals, you'll always be getting the best price for the event. And if not, they have a guarantee for you that uh, if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Bears are playing on Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday uh, against the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos. Uh, so you can go uh, buy tickets from game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, someone did say uh, wrap up and, and keep the uh, ads tight. And this is not been a tight ad read. My bad. Um, we do have a DraftKings pick of the week for you, though. Puka Nakua to score a touchdown tonight. And they get a 50% Monday night football boost. I don't think the Bengals will score the first touchdown. So, hey, maybe even sprinkle on first touchdown score. But thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook. And when you sign up, use code CHGO. Uh, bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Uh, so, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, there's two Monday night games to, to – possibly gamble on so there you go a, a bevy of games uh to to dive into uh, with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook um all right let's get into Luis Robert the title I guess is inflammatory but is it too far did the White Sox fail Luis Robert Jr. in 2023 I'll have more stats to present it to you but I mean no I too harsh I mean no it's a team sport so they you know as a team they failed to do what they wanted to do um Luis Robert Jr. is having a darn near MVP caliber season if it isn't an MVP caliber season already uh and at the same time he's finally blossomed into that player that everybody was waiting for him to be um perhaps because of a little help 
from the White Sox early in the season when he was kind of looking like the same old guy who was flailing at pitches outside the zone. Um, a little coaching maybe uh, helped him get back on, on track here. Listen, this is baseball. Uh, there are guys who have phenomenal seasons for bad teams every single year. Uh, and it just so happens that this year it's Luis Robert Jr. doing so for a White Sox team. Um, I think the point that you are making with that title and with that idea is about to be revealed, and in which case we can kind of dive into that a little bit more. But uh, in terms of um, did they screw it up for him? Uh, no, they screwed it up for themselves. They wanted to win with his help, uh, and they could not win and, in fact, did an awful lot of losing. I kind of get what you're saying, and if you're asking – did they leave a little meat on the bone as far as his development? Maybe, but he's pretty damn good right now. And I'll give the White Sox credit for developing the talent that was there because we've seen players uh, of Luis Roberts' ilk not come through and not be the guy that he is right now. So I'll give them that their credit on Luis Robert Jr. being developed to this point. And there's more meat on the bone for him to grow himself. I think most of the things that he struggles with are things that he can just chill out and he can find solutions to. And, of course, the White Sox can help him along that path. But I think he's not maxed out as a player yet. So still to be seen if he can be better than he is right now. But I think most White Sox fans will take what he is right now at 25. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, two, I shared the stat with you guys uh, before the show. Uh, players 26 or younger in a single season with less than 600 plate appearances who hit 35 homers and 35 doubles. We saw the awkward slide in Boston for Robert, and we kind of questioned if it might be the end of his season, uh, if, they, if it might shut him down uh, with an injury. We haven't heard more on the severity, so it's still up in the air. There's no news at this point. He was just removed from Sunday's game, and it's possible he plays Tuesday. But if not, he will be the only player 26 years or younger in the history of this beautiful game to have uh, less than 600 plate appearances and more than 35 doubles and 35 home runs. And, again, I don't know if the White Sox as an organization failed him because, again, he's an extremely talented baseball player and showed that this year because he's finally been healthy. And that's, you know, extremely great to see. Um, but going back to the fan graph zip projections, they go to, you know, we brought this up, uh, you know, season by season or, uh, you know, in the offseason, uh, player by player, trying to figure out where the caps for all these players were. And, we all said that the all-star, the all-star for the 2023 White Sox would be Tim Anderson. I guess we kind of forgot about Luis Robert Jr. I guess he just hadn't played enough games because, again, we always thought of him as the franchise player, and he showed that this year. If you want to go to the stats now, Steven, sorry, I was trying to set you up there. Um, Luis Robert Jr. was projected by uh, Zips and Dan Simborski of Fangraphs before the season to have less than 500 plate appearances. Uh, they projected 445 plate appearances. He actually had 595, and that's not finished just yet. Um, it's possible. Uh, they projected him to have 21 doubles. He hit 36, so you know a 15 double improvement. They projected him to have 18 home runs. Oh, well, he hit 38, so 20 more home runs. And they projected him to have 13 stolen bases. Well, he had 20, and they projected him to have an OPS plus of 114. He was a better player, an, an OPS of, of 128. Uh, he was just absolutely incredible this year. And um, I didn't have the, the, those stats, but, like, I mean, players who did this, like, 25 years, like, this this year for them, it's like Carlos Delgado, Rafael Palmero, Mark McGuire, like, 
the guys that do this are all-time sluggers, and we see him leading the American League right now in slugging percentage. So if he had more guys on base, he'd probably be driving in 100 runs. If, if he had more help and if he had a Matt Olson behind him and an Ozzie Albies and a Sean Murphy, Jesus. he'd have a lot less pressure on him to do great things every time he's up at the plate hitting a solo home run trying to pr- put the White Sox into a game. So, I mean, I think they failed him because – we see how great and spectacular this year is, but I think it could have been even better. Well, I think the the point that you made before we started the show today, which is kind of, I think, where this notion comes from, is the, the plate appearances. Look at the number of plate appearances between Robert, who we all know has finally done what we, we were wondering whether he could do, stay healthy and play a full year. He did it. He showed up. He's played, what, 145 games? Mm-hmm. He's, he could add six to that over the next week. He finally did what everybody was waiting for him to do, and the plate appearance numbers are dramatically lower than all of those other best player, best hitters in baseball right now, right? I mean, I think you were talking about how wildly many more Acuna and Betts had than him, and then even a guy like Otani, who's got more than him currently, despite having been injured and missed uh, uh, some time already and will miss the last week, obviously. Um, I think that's where that comes from is, wow, if the White Sox weren't a potential 100-loss team, Think how many more at-bats he would have. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and it's not like he's batting eighth for this White Sox team. He's batting third. So, like, th- sure, you can point to that as being a pretty big difference between the leadoff spot and even the third spot in the order, but he's batting third. He is not. They're not doing anything to keep him from racking up the at-bats and the plate appearances, and still there's a huge gap in the numbers between him and some of the other guy, top guys in the league. And so when you're saying, did they fail Luis Robert Jr., obviously if they were putting more guys on base and scoring more runs – they're, the lineup would be turning over more, and he'd be getting up there more. So I guess in that very narrow regard, sure, yeah, the RBI number is just silly. It's silly that he his RBI number is as low as it is with the amount of extra base hits that he's had, with the uh, slugging percentage that he's had. Those That should be much, much higher if the team were even mediocre as opposed to just potentially on uh, uh, going to be a 100-loss team. So, yeah, in a way, from a statistical standpoint, sure. If the team was better, some of his numbers would be a lot better. But if you're talking about what Herb was talking about, the player that we've seen this year, the guy that he's developed into, the hitter that we know the White Sox have in the middle of their lineup moving forward, I think this is the just pretty close to the dream scenario for what they wanted Luis Robert Jr. to be. And to explain myself on the uh, Tim Anderson making the All-Star prediction, I wanted not to have like we did last year when you and I both picked Luis Robert as the MVP before the season and he had the season that he did that wasn't fulfilling for any of us. So as you can see, I've picked Oscar Colas to win the – I didn't pick him on that thing, but him to win the uh, Rookie of the Year, that didn't turn out too well, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not Vinny over here It's picking Justin Verlander to be the Cy Young out of nothing, and we're like, come on, Vinny, ridiculous. Goes to show you, if you're a blind squirrel and you just find that one nut, you can ride that as a reputation for multiple years, it seems. Yeah, and so and to speak to what you were saying about Luis Robert being like the sole offensive production productive player on the White Sox, we saw him trying to hit home runs all through the end of August to September, and I think he was telling people, and I think Pedro said that he was too, doing too much, trying too hard. And if you did have people behind him, like a Sean Murphy, like Olsen, like Acuna in front of him, he would relax. He knows that you know those numbers are going to come to him just because they got a pitch to him. You don't have to pitch to a lawyer Jimenez as yet. So you can throw a slider on 3-1 to Luis Robert and see him flail instead of, hey, if I don't throw him a slider or I don't throw him a fastball, I got to face 
Aloy Jimenez behind him. Oh, no. I'm going to throw him a fastball so I don't put him on base because he's going to steal the steal second because he's got 20 stolen bases. But, yeah, I think Luis Robert is in a great position to propel himself to that next level. It's up to the rest of the players to see that greatness and say, we're not going to let that go. We're not going to let him be the only star on our team. Let's aspire to be like him instead of being the players that we have been. And that's a shining example of who you should be and who you should turn into and have those examples and have those goals of, I want to play 150 games. Because he knew if he played 150 games, the stats would follow. Yeah, absolutely. And two, if he didn't have that horrible April, he would have had a completely different year. Uh, since May 2nd, uh, 30 doubles, 33 homers, 276 uh, batting average, 330 on base, 575 slugging, 905 OPS. Uh, he's been insane. That's a per 162 of uh, 42 doubles and 46 home runs and somehow not driving in 100 RBIs. 93 RBIs would be the projection. So that's Projections, fun. no the White Sox. He's on the White Sox. No one's in front of him. <laughs> we can give that man... I think 800 at-bats, and he still won't drive in 100 RBIs because he can't hit just 100 solo home runs. And that's what he needs to figure out this offseason. If he had 800 at-bats, I think he would hit 100 solo home runs, no? Uh, 100 solo homers? I mean, he would, hit, uh, <laughs> he would hit a bunch of home 100 runs. RBIs, maybe. Yeah, we get get 100 RBIs. All right, final Luis Robert thing, and then we'll get into the other players that uh, didn't uh, pull their weight. Uh, just more fun with 25 years or younger, 35 homers, 35 doubles in a season. Uh, least amount of plate appearances. Luis Robert Jr., again, for a, a player 25 years or younger to hit 35 or more homers, 35 more uh, or more doubles. Who's second with 617 plate appearances? I'm just going to go with Ken Griffey Jr. This is all-time, not Ken Griffey Jr. Melot. No. <laughs> B- closer. Bigger. Willie Mays. No. Bigger. Hank Aaron. Bigger. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. So Babe Ruth, second. <laughs> um, then who's third? So Luis Robert Jr., 595 plate appearances. Babe Ruth second, 617 plate appearances. Can you imagine Babe Ruth being in his mid to early 20s? No. He's always 45 years old. I feel like he's been 45 uh, the entire time he played. There's a picture. There's a baby baby picture of Babe Ruth. Baby Ruth. And he's got a a cigar in his hand. uh, (laughs) Does he have that big crown on his head, too? Crazy wrinkles. Give me some milk. Um, Um, 44 homers, 42 doubles, and 2,000. 644 plate appearances. 2000. No, no, he was too old by that time. This guy might have been choosing. A-Rod. No. Oh, this this is not a Luis Robert Jr. Babe Ruth name. I guess it's more of a Luis Robert Jr. name. Yeah, I was going to say, you're you're putting those two together. Is it a Luis Gonzalez name? Sure. uh, Worse. Worse. Brady Anderson. More of a Brady Anderson. He's an NL guy, but not. he wouldn't be in the NL anymore. That's it. Oh. Uh, Jeff Bagwell. Maybe Jeff Bagwell's teammate. Biggio? No. Ken Camnitty. Yeah, it's closer than... <laughs> Richard Hidalgo. Richard Hidalgo. There we go. No, no effing way. <laughs> <laughs> no effing way. So, yeah, Luis Robert Jr., 595 <laughs> plate appearances, 38 homers, 36 doubles. 44 homers for Richard Hidalgo? Hidalgo. Keep that in your back pocket for when uh, Immaculate Grid has Astros 40 homer season. There you go. <laughs> that dude had to be in the juice. Goodness. Sure did all go. Um, 617 plate appearances for Babe Ruth, 54 homers, 36 doubles in 1920. In 2,644 plate appearances, 44 homers, 42 doubles for Richard Hildago. What a year. Um, and then uh, two shout-outs, uh, one to your boy, Nomar. He's fourth on this list, 652 plate appearances, 35 homers, 37 doubles. And Adam Lind, 35 homers, 46 doubles in 2009, 654 plate appearances. Adam Lind. For uh, Adam Lind. And I guess... Bryce Harper had 654 plate appearances, too. 
2015, 42 homers, 38 doubles. So. Oh, i got to look up what he did the year after that. Goodness. Richard Hidalgo? Richard Hidalgo. So Richard Hidalgo took a year off and then did it again, basically. So Richard Hidalgo in 2000 had a 147 uh, weighted runs, created plus, 42 homers, 44 doubles. The next year, 19 homers, 29 doubles, uh, 103 OPS plus. Then the next year, 17 doubles, uh, 15 homers, 87 OPS plus. And then in 2003, 43 doubles, 28 homers, and a 143 weighted runs. So you're telling plus. me that he did it in the Navy Astros jersey. Then came back, took a year off, then did it in the brick red Astros jersey. I guess he did. Wow. 2000 was the last Navy Astros? It was 99 or 2000, yeah. Okay, all right. That's that's interesting. With the broken star? 2000 2000 is, is, well, no, 2000 has the broken star. Yeah. I'm talking the the ones before that. Yeah, the the 20K. The Navy and gold. The Shane Matthews. Shane Reynolds. Shane Reynolds. Shane Matthews played for the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Right around that time, though. (laughs) It all blends together. All right, let's take an ad break, and we'll talk about the other people who uh, failed the White Sox. Richard Hidalgo did all that and then retired at 30. Hey. I don't know if he retired. He just didn't play Major League Baseball after that. Hey, maybe when, uh, you know. uh, I don't see any other places. No Cuban League stands for Richard Hidalgo. Um, That's it. (laughs) It was done. Um, All right, let's take a break. We'll let you know about some of our great sponsors. Uh, Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends over at Shady Rays uh, have you covered with Mm. premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, it's all the state will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Again, use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. ShadyRays.com. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Fubo. It's how I'll be watching Monday Night Football tonight with 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. I don't think there's any Chicago sports going on tonight, though. Right? Cubs are off. Sox are off. So there you go. So there's not a hockey game tonight? No, there's no, no hockey. Uh, that doesn't start until uh, September 28th. Uh, I know Steven knows. Steven's counting down the days. You can watch Connor Bedard with no contract, no cable, and no hassle. Just sign up and start watching, and you can start watching immediately with a free trial at FuboTV.com slash CHGO, and you can use their 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge to Tape any game you miss. Tape a show you're watching. Maybe you're into Abbott Elementary. They just ended the writer strike. Uh, so we should get your shows back, folks. Uh, so you can watch your shows. You can watch your sports. All with Fubo TV. Watch your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash chgo. That's fubotv.com slash chgo to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo. Pro. And finally, uh, the TA bobblehead, uh, the set decoration, it was donated by our friends over at FOCO. Go give them uh, some love at FOCO.com. That's F-O-C-O. Or click a link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. You can get fitted in the best sports gear around. They got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And they got some crazy fun stuff up there, too. Um, I know uh, uh, Susie uh, from DNVR Rockies uh, was wearing the uh, checkered 
overalls for the Broncos. They People got that are loving the these Bears. overalls. Hey, and Foco's got them. There you go. So there you go. Uh, use code CHGO for 10% off any uh, non-presale items. I mean, what, are you not a big overall guy? I was not bashing them. I'm just saying, wow, look at how popular they are. Wow. Wow. Like flying off the shelves wow, at Foco.com. It's coming back. Like, it was popular in the early 90s back in the day. We used to wear overalls all the time. It was popular time. in, like, the 1800s, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a farmer. overall yeah. pictures? Probably not, you know. I'd love this, these are to the pol- These are Polaroids, so they're somewhere in my mom's basement, somewhere. Yeah, when, next time you're visiting. Um, Just go and find one of my. <laughs> go, go find your, had, your overall pictures. I had purple overalls, too. This was style, man. You had purple overalls. Purple overall shorts set. Yeah. That's called a romper. I mean, now they call it that, but yeah, when the day you had, man. Herb, what's it going to take to get you to wear that here? Like, well, you got to find it. Like, 50 pounds in like a oh. time machine. I just need the photo. If you can find the photo, uh, we'll, we'll happily put it up on the show. See if there's one at Edison Middle School. Circa oh. tw- 1991. I'm not going there. Um, let's go into the people who didn't do too well in 2023. Let's start off with Yasmani Grandal mm. because I don't think we were putting too much stock in Yasmani being the savior of this 2023 team. Uh, again, we were talking about him possibly becoming a goaltender. Um, and you know, <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, I think we'll get sued if we sing any more bars of that. Um, but Yasmani, again, he did his best to do as much off-season work to fix his back, and you know those things are pretty tough to fix. Uh, he was projected at 435 plate appearances. He only had 398. He might have a couple more, and maybe he gets over that 400 mark uh, for 2023. They projected him to have 13 doubles. He had 14. Better. Yay. They also projected him to have 16 homers. He hit eight, and then there was an OPS projection of uh, OPS plus projection of 108. He was at 79. Just wasn't able to play games consistently. Wasn't able to catch consistently. That was my biggest concern. I had hope that he would be better, and I wanted him to be better, but just can't fix a back when you're at 35 and you're catching. I know catching the actual mechanics of how a human does that for nine innings never made sense to me. So then you're gonna put like more strain on your back. Just seemed like a bad equation. Yeah, uh, you know, it was I, – I don't know exactly what the White Sox were planning in terms of him anyway. It seemed like they had built him being limited into their plans, right? They, we saw a lot of Sebi Zavala, and mm-hmm. since uh, things have gone the way they've gone, we've seen a lot of Corey Lee, and I think mm-hmm. for good reason we've seen a lot of Corey Lee. But it really seemed like they were approaching this season with the idea that Sebi Zavala would do a lot of catching. This wasn't going to be – Yaz catches four days and then gets an off day kind of thing. Um, that being said, Yasmine Grandal did not go on the injured list this year. You know, he was talked about as having, you know, routine aches and pains throughout the whole season. Some got him scratched from starting lineups, you'll remember. Some had him out for a few games in a row. And at the end of the day, maybe that was to be expected the way he was coming off of the, the health concerns from the last couple of years. But, you know, it – in terms of what he was expected to do, he was expected to be above average hitter. That's for sure. And I think that he wasn't able to do that, regardless of the catching workload, is what kind of should color your opinions and your thoughts on what he was able to do this season. If you get the projected Yasmani Grandal right there, I think every White Sox fan would take that every single time. 108 uh, OPS, fine, good, nice. But the numbers he put up this year with a 79 OPS plus not good at all. I mean, just he gave it his all. We know that Yasmani Grandal is not out there just to collect a check. He's actually trying to do the job. But, you know, he's up there in age. And also, I don't know if he has 
you know, the desire to play after this year. And so this is might be one of the last years he's going to be really good for the White Sox or have a chance to play for a major league team. And it just wasn't there this year. The powers kind of zapped out of him. Every once in a while he would do his bat drop and he'd be caught at the, the wall or something like that. It's just, you know, sometimes world and life catches up with you all at once and tells you, you're not, you can't do it anymore. And I would be very shocked to see him get a major league contract this next offseason because of all the things we've said, the injuries, which he didn't go on the IL this year. That's one plus to him, but back problems are hard to come over. And also he's going to be 36 as a back, a backstop, and he's going to be wanting some decent money. Even mm. veteran minimum, he probably can't be a backup for a team. I'm sure his teams will be checking in on him, but at a minor league deal situation like they did with uh, – who was that catcher a couple years Jonathan ago? Jonathan Lucroy. That yeah. guy. Jonathan I was, Lucroy. I was thinking he might have like a similar thing to Hayward where, you know, he's either going to retire or maybe someone pulls him out because it's like, hey, we need come somebody. to the Dodgers. We'll fix you. We fix oh, everybody. God. Um, oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't I don't see him being sought after. And it's just it's just because he can't catch. Um, like, his his batting numbers aren't terrible for a catcher. I mean, the league average for a catcher for Wade Runs Created Plus is 89. He's at, like, 79. I mean, he's not, like, that far off. It's just he can't catch. He oh, just, I mean, he, and he can't hit. Forgot but. to say, uh, our guy Sebi Savala is going to be in town, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, he might pitch. Going to see yeah. my man Sebi. <laughs> he got to pitch for the Diamondbacks. I would love to see that. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Going to the playoffs, Sebi. You could maybe. see him for a dollar, people. We could. We could say <laughs> You're telling to me that watching Sebi play is not worth a dollar? <laughs> Steven, can we do the podcast outside? Not do it outside. Okay. All right. Well, I think you're lying to me. It's worth it for the dollar. You get to see Sebi Savala and, more importantly, Corbin Carroll. One of the best players in the game. Corbin Carroll's worth the dollar. Yeah. So, yeah. it's not just the White oh, Sox out there playing versus themselves. They're going to be playing an actual major league team. Now that Stephen might be heard, in the playoffs. Yeah, now Stephen heard Corbin Carroll is going to be there, and he's he's ready to he's pay all that in. dollar. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, let's go. That dollar just gained a value. And um, Zach Davies, yeah, and Zach Davies. We're down to fifty cents. <laughs> is he Thursday? <laughs> That's tomorrow. Okay. Well, Thursday's a dollar. I mean, tomorrow you got to pay like three. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, those probably aren't that expensive. All right, uh, let's go to Moncada next. Moncada um, was projected five hundred and thirty-nine plate appearances. He only got the three forty-one. He's probably the biggest person that it's like. I wonder if he was, like, truly healthy, what his season would look like. 26 doubles uh, were projected. He's at 19. Uh, 16 homers were projected. He's at 9. Uh, 105 OPS was the projection for Moncada. He uh, is right now at 90. Uh, But as we talked about, I mean, August and September have been good to Monkey. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I I feel like if he's going to be on the team for next year. (laughs) I think that there is something to look at at that 460 slugging from since August, and if he can actually be healthy, which is like the biggest if for you on Mankata, I, I, I think those he can actually reach the projections that they that, that they showed for 2023. Okay, okay, it's been the same right. thing since 2019. It's true. Thank you. And I and again, I, I'm not saying I'm and and the reason that it's been the same thing is because the question remains unanswered. I'm not saying that he's bad and that he's terrible and you're never going to get what you want. You might. But we have no, we have four straight seasons now of him being dogged by injuries of varying significance, right? Many of them not his, all of them not his fault, you know what I mean? But it has completely prevented him from being able to, uh, to, to put up the same numbers he did in 2019, the year that earned him that contract that he's going to be making so much money with next year. And we're going to go into 2024 with the exact same questions that we've gone into the last three seasons with. Can he do it? Maybe. 
Is he going to stay healthy? Maybe. Who knows? And and I think that's what's going to make part of what's going to make Chris Getz's job so hard. He can't get he can't bring in an entirely new roster. And we, it sure seems that he's going to uh, be, for lack of a better term, stuck with Yoan Moncada. Is that a is that a is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Is it something that has a ton of upside? Who knows? We'll, we we don't know. And this is another year in which that question has gone completely unanswered, and it's just impossible. You talk about projections. I don't want to be the robot that makes the projections for Yoan Moncada next year, mostly because I don't want to be a robot, but also because what are you pulling from? There's no statistical data that makes any sense with this guy, right? Because you're going to take you're going to take his numbers next year and project it to next year. Well, he's not going to have a back injury next year, or maybe he will. You have no you have no idea what to do. Uh, so good luck to that computer. And Stephen, can you pop up uh, Yoan's numbers again, or the projected and the actual? Like that, the numbers that the projections are putting out there for him: five thirty nine plate appearances, twenty six doubles, sixteen home runs, a one hundred five. OPS plus are bare minimum numbers that Yoan Moncada right. should get to. It's bare 5%, minimum. 5% better than league average. Yeah, yeah, bare minimum, and he couldn't get there this year because of a slew of things, but mostly injuries. Like, if he would have did that on the left, I would have still been disappointed in Yoan Moncada, but it been at least they've been healthy enough to have a 539 plate appearances. That's how much he's fallen off. He should be at minimum 25 home runs. If he's at 539 at bats, that should be not even a question. He should be a 115 OPS plus guy. Those numbers are just telling you how much he's fallen off. He was an MVP type caliber player in 2019, and now he's just can we get 120 games out of this guy with health? Maybe. Can we get 140 games with health? Man, what could be? And you couldn't put all your eggs in the Yoan Moncada basket. I wouldn't, especially next year where he's going to cost a lot. That's the problem. Like all those years he was struggling, and even this year, didn't really cost a lot. He, what, $17 million this year? 24 next year. A real-ass salary where he needs to perform. He'll be the highest-paid White Sox next year by far, and he needs to perform and need, go way past those numbers that are projected for him. Way past them. Right. And I'm going to say the, the one thing that White Sox fans have been saying since 2020. If he's healthy, though, like if he actually is healthy and gives you 150 games. Oh, my God. Or 140, whatever. I mean, you know, if he does do that, you'd be a top five third baseman. I mean, you, you've, you've said, I've it, said before. it before. I know. I've been so, waiting. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just what I've seen since August. There's still some magic in that old silk hat, you know. Like I think they could dust off Frosty. Is there? Yeah, I, nice I think, Frosty, I think the they could dust off reference. Frosty, uh, and, and he could still bounce back. Uh, let's go to uh, two guys that, or three other guys that, two guys that are, are mid, and then one guy that's just been stinky. We'll go to Andrew Vaughn first. Monkey the um, Snowman. Monkey <laughs> the Snowman. Where to go? All right, disaster uh, persona. <laughs> um, all right, so 2023 for. Um, real quick, Death Stalker. It's a slow day. Um, 
someone saying that uh, Moncada should have gotten the COVID shot. Uh, we know that he traveled to the team to Toronto, so he was vaccinated in 2021. And also, I don't think the shot was invented when he contracted the disease. So I don't think he could have gotten it because he, he got it in like July yeah. or I think even before they shut down spring training. So I don't even know if the, the shot existed uh, back then. Um, Monkey just kind of had a bad stre- stretch of it. And I think he's, he's coming out of it. And with That's anybody who catches COVID, it's not necessarily their fault. So right. I mean, I don't know. We don't need to blame people Let, let's go to uh the projections for vaughn uh 2023 projections 593 plate appearances he's at 590 so he's probably going to surpass that job, knock on wood. um 28 doubles were projected he's at 29 they're going to get to 30 28 homers were projected he's at 20 Mm-mm. and an ops plus of 124 he's at 102 it feels like it should be higher. Like I, I don't know. Like it's just is it just that he doesn't walk ever? His season's been pretty quiet, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a guy who is now part of the Magic Twenty Home Run Club that we thought eighteen people were going to be in last year, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's been pretty quiet for Andrew Vaughn. Uh, again, that OPS plus one hundred two means he, he's average. Means he's an average hitter. They don't think Andrew Vaughn is an average hitter. They, they think Andrew Vaughn is going to be one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. The White Sox opinion, not necessarily anyone else's. But um, if that's what that guy's going to be, he needs to be better than 102 in that department. You know what I mean? He needs to be better than league average. I guess, as Pedro Gravol keeps saying, the good news, he hasn't tapped into it yet. He hasn't, he hasn't done it all yet. There's a lot left to go with Andrew Vaughn. Remember, hardly any experience playing minor league baseball. This guy is still very much on the going up uh, uh, part of his professional career. He's got, a lot, he's got a lot left to do, but you know what? He's got a lot left to prove, too. So uh, that's – I don't think you could be as upset if you're a White Sox fan. Well, probably you could, but I don't think maybe him versus a guy like Moncada or him versus a guy like Grandal, these, these veterans who have been around for a while, um, Vaughn is still, uh, you know, in the early stages, I guess, even though this is now, what, his third major league season. 124 projection OPS plus. What the hell were they thinking? That's higher than Luis Roberts' projection. They really loved them some Andrew Vaughn. Man, if he would have came close to that, everybody who's a White Sox fan would have loved him. But he plays a position where you got to produce more power, got to have more hits. And for most White Sox fans, I think this year will go down as a disappointing season for Andrew Vaughn, even though he's shown signs of being the guy that the White Sox and their fans believe that he's going to be. But yeah, like Vinny said, 102 OPS plus is just league average, especially for a first baseman. That's way below average. And so I think that Andrew Vaughn has a lot of meat on the bone to get better. And hopefully he takes what he's learned. And it seems like he's not slowing down necessarily like he does in his first two seasons where it just kind of hit a wall and he was tired after a while. And that could be because he's playing first base. And he looks like with the glove, Awesome. He's improving with the glove uh, as we speak. Every game I see him making some other great play, and so it looks nice. He He's looks. He still can't make that play that Abreu made. Oh, though. no one. Like, yeah. that, 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 if it's a ball over his head going towards that uh, tarp, he is not able to do the over-the-shoulder catch. He has just been so inadequate at that at that specific scenario. He needs to go down to work with Jose in the, in the offseason. Teach him. Didn't seem like Jose wanted to work with him when he was here. Um, they were a family. I guess they were, you know, that's that tight of a family, though. Um, Vaughn, though, on the season, his slugging percentage is 432. Since August 4th, when you 
said you thought he changed his stance um and i think there was a rumor i don't know if it's true or not if that he used a is lighter using bat. a lighter bat mm-hmm. i'm not sure if that's been confirmed um but his slugging percentage over the past 45 games is higher than his season slugging percentage which i think is great again trying to see if he can actually last a, a full season um six doubles seven homers in those uh 45 games but he's got a walk rate of three percent three and a half percent so his weighted runs create created plus even though it's better than his season numbers and it's it's better than 102 it's only 112 which is still below average for a first baseman he needs to walk and i know that there was a quote um either to you guys or, or in james's piece uh in the sun times where vaughn's trying to say that he's getting be- he wants to get better at the edges that would lead to hopefully more walks that's what i think he needs to do just to to, to improve it i don't know if he's uh, a failed project just yet i think this guy might be uh, we'll go to Aloy. um his projections for 2023, 445 plate appearances. They actually got 469. Uh, they were projected uh, 18 doubles, got 22, uh, projected 23 homers, uh, and they got 17 homers. Uh, 120 OPS plus was projected, and uh, they he settled at 104. Um, it just seems like a ground ball every time with Aloy. Maybe there's something with him. I think that he's probably the closest to Robert on the team, so maybe he's the least likely to be traded because of that. You know, you want to keep Robert happy. Um but, I mean, Aloy, we just keep seeing it. We keep thinking, oh, he's going to hit 30 homers. He's going to hit 30 homers. The health hasn't been there for him. But also, he just hasn't looked good or really threatening up at the plate this year at all. I don't know if it's just because the team has been bad and he kind of has a, a lack of focus. I That's me just guessing, but I don't know. I mean, I think if you look at him, he's still – he is hitting – you know what I mean? The, the the he's a guy who remember the longest time. You know, you go back to I know these are two words White Sox fans don't like to hear, but you go back to Frank Manichino, who always said that he believed that Aloy could be a consistent above three hundred hitter. You know, I think you could see from watching him play, even in the second half here when things have not mattered, you could see that he could be that guy. His average is two seventy four, career is two seventy five, so he's I at mean, his career average. And, I think he could be better than that, too. The thing is, very obviously, where is the pop? I mean, where is the pop? And I think it's, it's obviously something he needs to work on. It's obviously something the White Sox need to get him to improve on over the offseason and in the spring because his danger threat, threat level, if you, uh, if you, if you to, to use what you said there, threat level midnight. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Michael Scar. Yeah. He, uh, it, it, it involves hitting the ball over the fence and hitting the ball just in the air, bang it off the wall, do something, drop it in the corner, whatever. Uh, this is a guy whose power was always his thing. He's, you see his body, you see how he runs. He is not going to suddenly become just a leadoff man who hits 300. Like, he needs to hit the ball a million miles. He, that's what he can do. Um, and he's showing it every once in a while, but it needs to be a lot more. If they can't, if they can't get him to rediscover the ball in the air, ball over the fence part of his game that made, that made everybody so excited about what he could be, then that's really bad for them and their lineup. Good thing career high in doubles this year with the 23 it's not a lot um two more walks career high in walks hey it'll be 31 that's really low but the bad part he's batted uh, just about the same amount he did in his rookie year where he had 31 home runs he's 14 off of that pace right now 14 home runs less than that that 
cannot withstand. And as Vinny says, ground balls are not good for anybody, especially a guy that is counted on for power specifically. And so he needs to work on, I think, you know, the the thing where they're talking about players and how they're going to be checking up on players. I think Luis Robert or um, Aloy Jimenez is one of those players specifically that they need to check up on and say, hey, you're doing this, that, and the other to make sure that you're healthy and ready to go for the 2024 spring training season. And I think that he should dedicate himself to putting more solid contact on the ball because you can't just keep hit, keep on hitting ground balls and expecting results that are going to be positive. You don't have to hit in the air necessarily, but line drives. He's got enough power, and you can see through Luis, uh, Luis Robert Jr., you don't need to swing all hard to get the ball over the fence. And so I hope he learns that, that you don't need to have maximum effort through the swing to get that ball in the air, especially a beast of a person that Aloy Jimenez is. So I would love to him to swing less, too, because only 30 walks for a power hitter can't, can't withstand. Yeah. You're going to be striking out a lot. And, I mean, that's the whole issue for the team. I mean, Moncada, Yvonne, Aloy, Robert, none of these guys walk, uh, and especially this final guy. Uh, Tim Anderson, oh. uh, and this is going to be oh, maybe sad, maybe oh. fun, I don't know, maybe painful. Uh, he's just got to change everything. 2023 was uh, projected 476 plate appearances. He's gotten to 507. Uh, 22 doubles were projected. He's gotten to 18. He's projected for 16 home runs. He's at one. Oof. And uh, projected OPS plus 108. Uh, he's at 62. Just brutal. I don't know if there's any notes besides it has to be a lot better, and we're just really unsure if he's going to be on the team next year because of that option. And, you know, there's – I think – the, 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 they can either go either way with this. I, I mean, truly, that it's a, five, an option. That 507 deserves an asterisk because not many of those were healthy plate appearances for Tim Anderson. I think that goes a long way in explaining a lot of the numbers for him this year. Not just being out of sorts, but, I mean, hey, you're wondering where's the power? Dude had a significant lower body injury in the first week of the season. You know, um, That's where the power went. Yeah, and, he, and, and I think that uh, you know it affects every single number that he's got on there. Uh, Good for him for being on the field because that has been really all these guys. Good for them for being on the field because that's been the White Sox biggest problem. But the White Sox biggest problem remained that they were on the field and not operating at full capacity, that they were injured while they were playing, be it Aloy with the legs or TA with the legs or Moncada trying to fight through that back injury. It's it, those those plate appearances were not healthy plate appearances, and that's the story of the season again. I mean, it broke up a four-year streak of him hitting 300 this year. Like, no one could have saw this season happening for Tim Anderson. He's one of the worst place players in baseball with his out, outs above average on defense, with his hitting is just god-awful. You got to chalk this up as a just a terrible year, a one-off, not – what you expect going forward. I know you probably think it's maybe this is more the normal. I say this is the anomaly. And Tim just had a god-awful year. He's not this player. He had a god-awful year, but 2021 was – or 2022 was worse than 2021. Uh, 2023 was worse than 2022. Um, I mean, you just see – And the injuries were more significant each time, too. Right, and and it's it's tough to bounce back from that stuff, and, and he's just – he's running slower, too. Um, he's he's – uh, what I think about of a foot per second slower. Um, he's never been under 27 feet per second, and he's nearly at 26, uh, 26.8 feet per second, 26.9. Um, like he, he's just not the same athlete he was, and I don't know if that's because of the injury and just. 
playing injured. I would hope it's that case, but I mean, there is just the possibility that he's just reached a point. I mean, we see what happens with running backs all the time. But it doesn't fall off the table in baseball this dramatically. It doesn't fall off like that unless you're at the end of your career. He's 28, 29? He's 30. Okay. That's still in the prime of your career? Well, the one thing, though, and I think this was from, uh, what's his face? Uh, Sorry. Uh, Mike Petriello. Yep. He's gone through, like, the players that have had elite um, uh, sprint speed, and, like, the only person that's ever stayed consistent from, like, their debut sprint speed and has kept elite speed to, you know, age 31 is Trey Turner. So outside of that, Billy Hamilton. Yeah. But like, you know, players who have been good. Um, So like (laughs) Billy Hamilton's still fast and maybe Gerard Dyson, but again, like they're not being used as much as Tim Anderson is, especially in the field. Um, So like, I I, I don't know. That's, that's my concern with Tim is just maybe um, there's too much tread on those tires, but I'd hope not. But I think they're going to definitely re-sign him. Or they're going to pick up that option. I don't know what else they're going to do. Yeah, because, oh. I mean, you can always trade him once you pick it up. And exactly. somebody would somebody would bark, bite at the $14 million thing for Tim Anderson and expect what I expect, that him having a bounce back and $14 million being a bargain. It's either Tim Anderson or, like, Jose Iglesias, which I know you don't mind. I don't mind at all. <laughs> and we're going to um, lose. Let's have some fun. The final question here uh, is from our guy, Ian, and uh, he's a diehard, and he's asked this question in the CHGO Lounge uh, for our off-day show. Uh is Bannister going to be the best signing uh, of this entire offseason? Uh, we actually have a fair few pitchers with development uh, and could save a fortune for position players. Uh, hey, I mean, if you're not spending you know $30 million on a shortstop with Tim Anderson, uh, maybe you could put some of that towards uh, the pitching rotation. My computer just died. But um, the players that I had wrote down, um, at least looking at their stat cast data from available free agents, I think like my eye in the sky like would love would be Sonny Gray because he I think he's kind of overlooked but he gets incredible numbers he can spin the ball like crazy um, and I think that's what Bannister is going to be looking for is guys that can bring um, you know just next level pitches or pitches that just um, are very unique and and Gray has been not only effective um, but mostly healthy for the large part of his career I think there's probably a stigma that he hasn't been but. I mean, most seasons he's pitching at least 25 starts each and every game. Um, he's consistently over 113, 140 innings um, each and every uh, season. So um, I, I think Gray could be a good signing. But like Ross Stripling, who is a former Giant um, this year, Alex Cobb is a free agent who's a former Giant, Sean Manaya, a former Giant. Jesus. Um, so I, I do think that those guys, especially with the connection from Bannister and seeing him sign them just this past offseason, especially with Manaya, I think that could be uh, a, a player that they look forward to. Um, and then Michael Lorenzen, I think, is another name that oh, kind maybe. of like is, is under the radar because, yes, he was an all-star, but the Tigers had no one else to throw out there. Um, I think that he's got a lot of those spin rate metrics that you know people might look over um, because, again, he's not like a dominant, I'm going to get you 10 strikeouts every single time. But he could throw seven innings because he's just that type of athlete. I mean, we could see it even when he swings the bat um, just to you know repeat those mechanics and to give you seven innings every time. And the best thing about those two players you mentioned, the Sonny Gray and the Michael Lorenzen, don't have to face the White Sox anymore. Right. Michael Lorenzen dominates them. And also, I would love to have those players, like you started naming some other players in the middle. I was like, Ugh. But if you get Sonny Gray and you get Michael Lorenzen out of this offseason, it's underwhelming. But I think 
you might be cooking with a little bit of gas. You're underwhelmed by two all-star starting pitchers joining the rotation? Yeah. I, I'd, be th- I'd be over the moon. Because you have a bunch Gray. of twos and threes. Here's the, thing with, here's the thing with, with Bannister, though. Here's the thing with Bannister, though. You signed Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is coming to you, Sonny Gray. The expectation is be Sonny Gray. Yes. The part, the thing about getting Bannister is not to sign somebody who might help you recruit an already all-star level pitcher. It's to help turn a mid-level guy or a guy who has fallen back into or back into an all-star level pitcher. Uh, You mentioned the other day when you were talking about kind of some of his pupils with the Giants, uh, guys that weren't on the radar, you know what I mean? Michael Lorenzen is an, is, has, was an all-star this season. Sonny Gray has been all-star caliber for years in this league. It's going to be those mid-level to low-level guys that you're not excited about, Herb, no. that they're going to say, all right, Ryan Bannister, senior advisor of pitching, turn those guys into something that fans can be excited about. You know who one, one of those guys that I wrote down? I forgot notes, syncs from my laptop to my uh, phone. Uh, Alex Cobb, Sean Manaya. And Ross Stripling were the former Giants that mm-hmm. I, I think have connections in our free agents. Uh, Johnny Cueto, we've seen him before. I think, hey, why not? He's a former Giant, and he was fantastic in 2021 with the White Sox. Um, or 2022 with the White Sox. Um, I think Martin Perez from the, the Rangers is one of those guys, too, because he was a big signing for the Rangers, and now he's been moved to their bullpen. Yep. But he hasn't been bad. Um, a lefty, too. Sox don't have a ton of lefties. I think they might want to... Uh, diversify their portfolio. Uh, Seth Lugo, who's been kind of a reliever and a starter, mm-hmm. pretty good this year, and he could spin it. Padres, yeah. um, he's got one of the top spins for uh, like specific pitches um, since 2022. And then finally, uh, Vince Velasquez. Mm. He, he started off pretty well with the Pirates, and then he got hurt. I could see Vinny V coming back. Um, hype video, too. I, I could see hype video being made for Vince Velasquez. So uh, those are some of the names that I, I, I thought of. But, um, yeah, I... I I would be thrilled with Sonny Gray since 2019. He's got a 323 ERA. I think that's a number one stuff, but hey, that's that's Her, just me. Herb adding Herb two all-stars to the starting rotation and then calling that underwhelming means, guess what, Herb? You're not going to be happy with whatever happens. <laughs> I know. I want, I want them to shop at the top of the market, and that's not the top of the market. That's close to the top of the market. Sonny Gray is pretty close to the top of the market. Very close. Give me Blake Snell. Give me Aaron Nola. I mean, I, I'd be thrilled and shocked if Blake Snell happened or uh, if uh, Sonny Gray happened. So if Blake Snell happens, I mean, I don't even know if I could show up to work. Well, um, we're, just, we're just starting at Sonny Gray, and when we get, like, lower than that, I'm like, we can't even get Sonny Gray or Michael Lorenzen. Sean Manayo, come on down. Oh, Seth God. Lugo, come on down. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can find me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We'll talk to you all tomorrow if they play this White Sox game. If not, we'll still talk to you. See you then. Bye.